presence tonight. And, um, you know, God has just been so wonderful. Um, you know, he's answered some things for me. And, you know, I've already begun to see some things breaking through. You know, a lot of times there have to first be that breakthrough in the spirit before it manifests itself in the flesh. And as the people of God, God called us to be a people of faith. And it's something about what we have been doing this week. And that's why I think it's any time a church, we, you know, we ain't nobody special. How many know there are other churches that do what we do? But, you know, there's a lot of people that attend those churches who don't do this kind of thing. And it's something about when you sacrifice. The Bible says that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And that's your reasonable calling, your reasonable service. So how many know we're supposed to be living every day our lives sacrificing? Sacrificing for Jesus. Sacrificing and by not telling somebody and giving them a piece of your mind when you really feel like giving them a piece of your mind. Or just holding back and just allowing the Holy Spirit <laughs> to have his way in you. And you know that sometimes your flesh just want to fight and fight. And you sacrifice and you say, Lord, I'm going to obey you even though it kills me. I'm going to obey you. And so, you know, as we have come this week, tonight is more of a celebration. You know, the children of Israel, um, in fact, no, I, I think back to Jehoshaphat. You remember he was getting ready to go uh, into battle, and the, the children of Judah came up against him. And he had ordered that the musicians and everybody get together and begin to worship and praise God. And it wasn't until they began to be grateful and be a people of faith that God routed the enemy. But that didn't come until they praised and worshiped and thanked God for what they had not gotten yet. You remember Paul and Silas in the jail. Everybody, you know, when you're in jail, you ain't supposed to be happy. You ain't supposed to be clapping your hands, you know. Usually you're in jail, there's all kind of things going on. But here at midnight, when they're supposed to be asleep. Here they are singing and praising God. Everybody in the jail heard it. But not only that, that's not the most important person that heard it. But God heard it. I heard one preacher put it this way. He said, Paul and Silas' praise was so sweet. Now, remember, they're in jail. They're chained up. <laughs> they're in chains. And I heard one preacher say that the, the praise and worship got so good, God started tapping his feet. And when he started tapping his feet, there was an earthquake. And the doors were getting to rattle and they're shaking. Everybody was loose. But they were loose because there was prayer and praise before. Right. You see, there's something about that when you've been here all week and you say, I believe God, then you know that's all that to change the way you carry yourself. If you really say, I believe God, there should be a glow about you. I believe that God spoke to me this week. I believe God's going to do that to me this week. You can go ahead and pray, brother. Let's play nice and softly. Yeah, that, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say these few words, and then we're going to move on. So. But, you know, we're supposed to be a people that say, you know what? I believe God, yes. and I'm going to show you that I believe God. The right. Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. So there ought to be, our chin should be up. We should be walking around thinking to ourselves, you know what? I believe, and I receive. I receive. I don't have to wait until I get it, but I say to God right up front, God, I thank you. I already have it. 
So this week, we ought to be thanking God. I already got it. I got it. There ought to be a glow. You know, why am I, why am I standing here so fired up? Because I believe I got it. And I want you to get it if you didn't get it. <laughs> People of faith. I want to just state a couple things that God spoke to us this week. It's sort of a, a passing review. The first thing he said to us, and then we're going to do communion here in a little bit, and we're going to give you a chance. Somebody want to come up and give a testimony? I like that. I like that. I like that. That's, that's nice. Keep that going. I like that. Hallelujah. What God revealed this week at FCF? Well, he reminded us that the church is the hope of the world. Remember in Joel chapter number two, when I preach, and Joel was sent by God to remind the people that if you're going to have an influence in your generation, you and I, the people of God, got to get on our face and repent. You know, we're the light of the world, right? We're supposed to be that city on the hill. But if God is going to do a great work in our communities and in our cities and in our nation, I mean, no, we need to get ourselves in line. So God sent Joel the prophet to warn the people in Joel chapter 2. He says, I want you to consecrate a fast. Isn't that what we did this week? Is I want you to consecrate a fast. Gather everybody together, the babies, the kids, and I want everybody to come to the Lord because there's an issue. There's some things we got to deal with. There's some repentance that has to go on. That's what we've been doing. I hope you've been doing that this week. That if you have been struggling in your personal life, if there are some personal struggles that you've been dealing with, I really hope that you've taken this time and say, Lord, break this thing off of me. He said, I want the priest and everybody to get at the altar and I want them to weep and I want them to cry out to God. Oh, gosh. May we be a people that weep. May we not anymore be desensitized to the sin that is around us. May we have a heart for God. May we have a heart for people like Jesus. He said, the church got to be the church. The glory and the beauty of God. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be. He's going to prepare a place, but he left us. But he says he's coming back. He's coming back for his people. The church is the hope of the world. You got to believe that you are the hope of the world. Everywhere you go, when you walk in the grocery store, I'm the hope. Because who lives inside of you? Jesus. So you're the hope of the world. When you go on that job, you walk in the office and all that profane babbling going on, you are the hope. When the president of our nation needs answers about how to fix the economy, when people are worried and troubled about how they're going to make it, who is the hope? Who is the one that have, who are the ones that have the answers? The church. Because if you got Jesus, you got more than enough. Come on, is he not? He's more. He is more than enough. Am I talking to people of faith tonight? He is more than enough. God says in order for us to, for him to move, then we first got to get ourselves right. That means we may have to cut off TV just a little bit more. Uh, let me 
may just have to just kind of like get rid of some of our attitudes and some of the sin habits that we have as Sister Diva had spoke about last night dealing with these things so that the, so that there can be this flow of the Holy Spirit so that there can be no uh, nothing obstructing how many know that the God I believe the Bible says that, that the eyes of the Lord looks to and fro the entire earth looking for someone to whom he can show himself strong God wants people God wants he's looking for somebody by which he can move and show his mighty power why can't it be why does it have to be the guy next door? Why does it have to be the, the preacher in the pulpit? Why does it have to be somebody else? Why not you? Why not you? The hope of the world. He also reminded us, number two, he reminded us of four things this week. First one, he reminded us that the church is the hope of the world. We are the hope of the world. We got to start acting like it. Number two, he reminded us of holiness. Nobody want to talk about that no more wife talked about that the holiness of God the Bible says that it says in 2nd Peter 3 11, therefore since all these things will be dissolved how many know everything around us is going to be dissolved but watch what he says this is so wonderful he says but what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and in all godliness what manner of people are we supposed to be? But then he goes on a step further in 2 Peter 2.9. He says, but you, me, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Glory to God. A holy nation. His own special people. God handpicked you from the from, from everlasting, God decided, he looked down the corridors of time and he says, Peggy is mine. And he goes so far to say this, I'm jealous over you. And uh, you, you think about that. You know, God was talking, dealing with the children of Israel. He said, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So God got hot. So I don't want nobody else touching you because you belong to me. Come out from among them and be ye holy says the Lord be separate says the Lord but we spend so much time just wanting so badly to be like to want to be liked and be like the world and Jesus says I died for you I've called you to be holy you have everything you need where everybody else searching for you already got he says you are holy your, royal, your chosen generation you got royal blood running through your veins the queen of England got nothing on you he said you're a holy nation oh Jesus a holy nation I laugh because people think America is supposed to be that holy nation America is not that holy nation the church you are a holy nation a sanctified people holy means to be set apart be unique, to be different, not to be like everybody else. You're not supposed to be comfortable being like God, being comfortable being like Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We, we say that all the time. We say, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, change me. Do you really mean that? Because we're not happy. You know, some folk ain't going to like you. Some folk are not going to want to be your friend when you start talking about Jesus. 
they will scatter away from you quickly unless the glorious light of the gospel shines on them. Just like we did at one time. I remember there was a time when I didn't want to hear. I remember my cousin used to preach to me. I didn't want to hear it. But you know, God got a way of just keep running after you. He will not stop. I mean, and so, you know, and people argue about predestination, all that. Here's one thing I know. I'm standing here today because of his grace. And I know that for whatever reason, I don't understand it. I cannot fathom it in my mind. Why did he choose me? He says, you're chosen. Ain't no accident. God says, I chose you. So if you're struggling with self-esteem issues, you need to know who you are. Get a revelation. (laughs) You don't have to walk around talking about nobody loves me. You are loved more than you could ever imagine. I can only imagine. So he says we got to get back to holiness, not legalism, but holiness. Keep wearing your makeup, ladies, and keep wearing your jewelry. Keep looking glorious for your God. It's not about the external, it's about the internal. And when people talk about holiness today, it's almost like, you know, keep that away from me. That's old-fashioned. But somewhere I read in the Bible says, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. When did he ever stop being holy or called us not to be holy? He said, no, you're to be holy. Here's what God is saying. I believe Spirit of God is saying this. We cannot... Holiness is not an option. Now, positionally, as Sister Pastor Danielle spoke the other night, we've been set apart. But some of us keep going back to the same old weak and beggarly elements, getting in bondage, walking according to the course of this world, being blinded, therefore not inheriting what God has for us. What a shame it would be not inherit what God has for you. People are throwing away their spiritual inheritance for what? For what? They call us to be holy. holy. Holiness is purity. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Number three, he told us to step out of our condition into and into your position. You know, really, he was talking there about faith. Because we got to come to a point where we stop looking at things in the natural and believing that what we see is what it is. God wants to do marvelous work in his people. It's just, he's just always, I wish I could stand here today and say, I wish that, that no faith was required. <laughs> But stepping out of your condition just means that you're not going to be bogged down by what you see. See, I come, the reason why we come into this door, I walk by faith every Sunday and I'm believing God for a harvest of people because it's going to come. But I can't do that being stuck in my condition. I got to step into my position and, do, and, and to begin to declare some things by faith. 
So we need to speak those things of our personal lives. And I think she said the other day, over our wallets. And we ain't talking about magic. We're talking about faith. Faith. That we just begin to say, Lord, I'm believing that you're going to bless me mightily. Lord, give me an abundance. Not just to meet my need. How many know that the people of God got to get beyond that? The real blessing is being able to take the resources and give the brother what you need. We need to go to the mission field. We need, how much you need to go? What you need? The real blessing in life is to have that abundance. God told Abraham, he says, he says I'm going to make your father of nations. He said, he said, not only am I going to bless you, but I'm going to make you a blessing. Oh, gosh, that is sinking in a minute. He's going to make us a blessing. But, you know, it, it requires faith. He said, Abraham, I want you to look up. Abraham, Abraham didn't have any kids. <laughs> Abraham, he said, the Bible said that Sarah even laughed, thinking that the deadness of her womb ain't no way it's going to happen. <laughs> she said, what? I'm going to have what? <laughs> we got to come back to a place where we begin to confess the word of the Lord. And stop sitting back, keep, look, stand in our condition. It ain't happened yet. It ain't happened yet. When did God ever tell us to worry about what ain't happened? Everything I see in this word always say believe. Receive. Speak to your mountains. Have faith in God. Everything I see in the Bible says that. Jesus didn't walk around. So listen, so if you got something you believe in God for, confess the word. If you need healing, confess it. If you need deliverance, confess it. Say, Lord, I thank you I'm healed. Well, well, you're not. Well, you know what? Faith says that I will be. Faith goes out there and take what is not and bring it into my reality. Faith says I am. I don't deny what's there. I just deny that there's a God that's greater than what's there. Faith. We are people of faith. People of faith don't worry about stuff. So he reminded us to step out of our condition and into our position. Number four, he reminded us that we are the bride of Christ, the radiant glory, the church, the church. That means that we're engaged to a Savior. You know, I love it when it says over in Revelation, it talks about how that the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. Can you imagine being in his presence with the saints from, I mean, hundreds and thousands and gazillion, all of us together, worshiping God in our white robe, standing before him, purified the glorious bride of Christ, worshiping our Savior, the one to whom we've waited for, we, we've cried for, we've hungered for, we're thirst for, we're going to see him in an instant in all of his glory. He says, you're my bride. 
He says, I love you. You are the apple of my eye. You're special to me. Diva said last night that are we ready for when he comes back? You know, there got to be that sense of urgency once again in the church. You know, when I first gave my life to Jesus, I really thought that he was coming back at any moment. How many of you ever felt, you know, the first book I read and I studied, my wife often laughs about this, but you know, the first book I, I did an intensive study on was a book of Revelation. Anything that had to do with end times. And because I was so focused on end times and revelation, because it talks about the end of things, it talks about the consummation of the church and Jesus coming back triumphant on that white horse with all the saints of glory. He's going to judge the nation. Hallelujah. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. Glory to God. And you know, it was something about that that just changed the way I carried myself because I knew he was coming. I said, you know, when he comes, I don't want to be messing around. I, I don't want to be like those virgins. I, I, you know, some of them will prepare, some of them what? I want to be the ones that when he comes, I'm ready. I am set. I'm ready to go. Lord, I, I, I wasn't watching something I wasn't supposed to be watching. Lord, I wasn't out there doing stuff. When you came, I was, I was loving you. I was in faith. I was believing and I was hoping. Because he's coming. You know, when the church start acting like he's coming back again, when you really start believing that, it'll change how you act. It'll change how you deal with people. It'll change how you pray. It'll change how you look at church. It'll change everything about you. Everything about you. When you know that Christ is coming back for his bride. So we're the beauty of Christ. We're the beauty of Christ. We're the hope of the world, the church. We're to be holy, set apart. We're to be a people of faith. And we are the bride of Christ. Nobody in here should, should have an identity crisis tonight. You should know who you are. And what God has spoken to us. God said to me this evening, he said, you know what? What you see is not what it really is. He says, you need to lift up your eyes and see. And I read Isaiah chapter 6, and he said, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Gentiles shall flow unto you. We just need to believe it. We need to walk like it. We need to walk like when, when people walk in this church, we would be a small church, but they should see that there's a lot of faith in here. You know what God told me? Faith is contagious. Faith changes the atmosphere. It's contagious. It's contagious. I thought this would be a great time. We're going to do communion right now. We won't be doing it this Sunday because we have a guest speaker with us. So this is a wonderful time to kind of like just communion was was something that they did to remember the return 
of, of Christ, his coming back, the sacrifice, the, it's our way of communing with him, taking in all that he's done for us, becoming one with him. It's such a sacred thing that you take communion, that there's something that's supposed to happen inside of you. The Bible says in, in, in Corinthians that when some of them were just taking communion and they didn't understand the sacredness of the hour. See, this is a holy moment that many of them or some of them had died not discerning the Lord's body, not realizing the holiness of the moment. There's that word again, holy. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together, wait for one another. But if you're hungry, let them eat at home. Or wait till the service ends. I just thought I'd throw that little bit in there. So we want to take a moment. He said, let a man examine himself. And we have been examining ourselves all week. But just in case, just say, Lord, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything that I'm harboring? I want it gone right now. Anything. I want it free and clear. Unforgiveness, doubt, unbelief, anger, whatever it might be. This is a moment right now to confess it and release it to God. And take communion and start afresh each and every one of us take a moment and examine himself.
from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you. Thank <laughs> you, Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you for your body. Thank you for breaking your body for us that we could have life and have it more abundantly. May we eat together. took the cup after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes may we drink together never loses his power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is our Lord. Yes, he is. Every Amen. I want to give an opportunity to anybody that want to share something the Lord may have placed on your heart. Not everybody at once. Um, 
I just thought I'd give an opportunity for you to share something. Anybody can do this. That God has done this week in your life or something that he's speaking in the realm of the spirit you want to share. As we used to call this when I was growing up, testimony. Praise the Lord. Really a prophetic word on our position and um, getting out of our condition into our position because I believe this is a time that God is moving his saints into their position. And we have to be flexible in what God wants us to do and be in faith that we will move in that position when he tells us to move and that we won't let things hinder us from moving into the position that God has called us to. Because I really believe this is a time that he is changing, he is moving, and he is coming back soon. And he wants, as my sister Diva said, us to be ready and waiting for him. Amen. Amen. been a, a wonderful week and God has been reminding us of the, some truth many truth that we know we think we know but we we get used to it like with that first love we get used to but God was reminding we need to get back and maintain it like maintaining talk about maintaining holiness we need to maintain faith maintain first love maintain all the truth all the revelations everything God is revealing if, if you got revelation that God is your Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Rapha Jehovah Nisi maintain it because we, we are losing we keep forgetting we need to maintain those truths and stand stand in them walk with them every day walk in, in them the, the, that word as we say your word is life it has to become to become our daily life until the day he comes great word great word great word great word 
why don't we do something a little different? And um, okay, is this up? This is on because we're recording, right? That's why I want to. Um, I just thought we'd just um, let's all just come to the altar except for the piano player, obviously. And um, we're just gonna we're just gonna say a prayer over each other, and we're gonna prepare. We have some goodies over there, and I can see that coconut cake. And I'm, I'm trying to stay spiritual, but it's killing me. <laughs> it's killing me. Be strong. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. You are so marvelous. So marvelous. So marvelous. So marvelous. Father, we just want to say that we love you. We really do love you, Lord. We feel closer to you tonight. Lord God, we feel closer to you than we felt in a long time. And Lord, we don't want it to stop. We don't want it to stop, Lord. We just want to keep increasing in our affection and our love for you. Father, help us to keep our focus on the big picture. Sometimes, Lord, the little thing just, Lord God, causes us to forget that the main thing is you, our first love. It's all about you. And let us never lose sight of that. Let us never lose lose sight of that that love that passion that you you the passion of the Christ and and how you laid your life down for us how you paid such a an awesome price Lord an indescribable price that we could have life and you broke your body you died for us you bled for us and because of your death we have life today Lord we don't ever want to take it for granted Lord Lord just forgive us when we We've trampled over your grace. We didn't mean to do it, God. We, we didn't mean to do it. We just sometimes, Lord, we just get sidetracked. But, Lord, we thank you that you remind us. We thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit. You said the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance everything that you've told us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit tonight. Thank you for your loving kindness, Lord. Thank you for the favor and the blessings, Lord. And I pray favor and blessing over every person in this room tonight. Every person in this church, even those who are not here, that somehow, Lord, the ones who should have been here, that you would touch them. And that, Lord God, you would open their eyes that they might see the love that you have for them. And they may, Lord God, understand, Lord God, what you called us to, the beauty, the grace that you called us to. The deception of this world have clouded our vision yes, at times. Yes, it has. The enemy is a liar, God. He, he's a liar. Yes, he but Lord, I thank you that you're working in their hearts. Because yes, we love our brothers and our sisters, Lord, and we're not going to judge them. We're going to pray for them. Yes. Because, Lord, we all want to be in that place. Yes. Father God, where we're pleasing you. That's right. Lord, some of us struggle getting there at times. But Lord, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to covenant to encourage one another, to speak life to each other. And when we fall, we're going to help pull each other up, Lord. And we're going to go get the ones that's been wavered for a while, Lord God, and witness of the love and the grace, Lord, because you came after us. And we don't want to mess up the opportunities to go after somebody else. Father, give us a... Give us a passion afresh. Thank you for this wonderful week. And we pray, Lord God, that tomorrow night will be a wonderful night as we, uh, Lord, celebrate with the kids. But even Sunday, Lord, that that the prophet, when he comes to minister, Lord, that it will be a powerful and anointed time. 
not because we had to manufacture anything, but because of the real presence of God. That's right. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. That's right. So, Lord, we thank you for this week. We thank you for every prayer that has been answered. We believe that we have been healed. We have been set free. We have our answers, Lord. And we're going to walk in faith starting now. Hallelujah. And we're not going to walk in doubt any longer. We're, gonna, we're people of faith and we're going to walk into our destiny and our purpose. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Now, Lord, bless the food. Bless the fellowship as we come together to enjoy each other's presence. These are holy moments speaking to our spirits and our hearts. Even as we eat the chicken and eat the cake, speak holy things into our hearts tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs>